You're listening to the Harborside Church Podcast. To connect with us online, go to www.harborside.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning. Hey, welcome to Harborside Church. Good to be with you this morning. I've come in costume. What am I doing in this? Maybe I've got the wrong red and white outfit on this morning. This is a where's, where's Wally? In the U.S. growing up it was always where's Waldo, but that feels too formal for Australia. This is Wally. Oh, where's Wally? And who, who loves a good where's Wally book? Come on. So good. Still love doing them. What's your strategy for a where's Wally? Are you a, just, are you a general scanner? Well, how, how do you go about it? Just find red and white. Exactly. It's not that hard. You scan the pages. Or what's your strategy, Henry? Going down. Start at the top and go down. That's a good strategy. Or sometimes I'll, if, if, I get, if I can't find it right away, I'll start with one page. Okay, not this page. Tick off this page. No, it's not there either. Go back to page one. Um, listen, I love a good Where's Wally. December feels a little bit like a Where's Wally book to me. Christmas can feel a bit like that. Um, Christmas fills up with so many things. Each, each, each week is like a different page of a Where's Wally book, right? There's the work page where it's the work parties, the deadlines, office politics, the calendar fills up with all these work obligations that you have to get done before the holidays start. And that's a whole thing. There's the school page. You got school assignments. You got end of year parties. You got graduations. You got, there's this whole page of school things. You've got to make sure you forget the wrong uniform. You're wearing the wrong thing the wrong day. Oh my goodness, it's too much to hold on to. There's all of the, there's a page for family. The in-laws are coming over. Oh, who's going to sit next to who? Or who's going to cook the, who's going to make what? Who's coming where? You're traveling. There's getting ready for summer holidays. That's a whole page. All right, we're going to be traveling. we got to get things in line for that. Oh, man, Christmas fills up so quickly with so many different things. And in the midst of it, somewhere is God. And Christmas is about God bending low to be with us. It's about God laying aside his godness and taking on flesh so that he can be with us, so that he can make space and time to be with us. But he should have checked our diaries because December's full up. And maybe we can pencil them in in January, but December's too busy, God. We're too busy celebrating Christmas to make any time. It feels a bit like a Where's Wally trying to find time to see the Christ child in the midst of of all of the comings and goings of Christmas. And yet this morning, what we're going to do is create space to listen, to set some time aside, to hear from Scripture, to hear from these classic songs that tell the story. So I'm going to invite Tani up to read our first Scripture. This morning is all about paying attention, watching, listening, and helping us not only this morning, but through the rest of December, creating space to pay attention to the God that meets us at Christmas. 
Our reading from Matthew chapter 2 begins after the Magi have visited the Christ child and have been warned not to return to King Herod on their journey home. When the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is not part of the Christmas story we like to tell. Where is God in a scene like that? Joseph had a dream. Joseph is Mary's betrothed. He will raise Jesus as his own son. And like any good father, he is worried about keeping his family safe. And so he flees to Egypt to be safe. Do you remember Joseph from the book of Genesis? Jacob's boy, the one with the coat of many colors. That Joseph, a couple thousand years earlier. He was a dreamer too. He had dreams that in their own way landed him in Egypt as well. And a good thing, because his going to Egypt also ended up saving his family from famine that would eventually come. And so both Josephs flee peril to get to Egypt for safety. No coincidence. And then a terrible thing happens. Pharaoh sees the descendants of Joseph, the descendants of Jacob's family growing, and he sees them as a threat. And he orders, we heard this in our series on Exodus, he orders that all the babies, all baby boys be thrown into the Nile River. And Herod, the king of Judea, hears about Joseph and Mary's boy and orders that all boys under two in that area should be killed, which is the travesty we just heard from the the Gospel of Matthew. And so it goes on and on and on into our time, fear leading into violence, fear and greed and power, feeding violence on and on, revenge and genocide and vengeance and violence, recapitulated and justified on and on and on, children and the powerless, victims in the wars of the powerful, funded by the powerful. And so both Josephs escape peril by fleeing to Egypt. Two murderous dictators carry out genocide to protect their power. And then in the story, each are led into the wilderness. Jacob's descendants, the people of God, are led out of Egypt miraculously through the Red Sea into the wilderness. And the first stories we get about Jesus, after the birth narratives, are about Jesus being led into the wilderness. The Spirit of God and Luke comes upon Jesus and leads him into the wilderness. The people of God wander for 40 years, and Jesus spends 
40 days in the desert, in the wilderness. None of it is coincidence because Jesus, the son of Joseph, is reliving the life of the people of God. But where they go wrong, he will go right. And he will do what the people of God were tasked with doing but didn't. By breaking the cycle, the pattern of the world's vengeance and violence. We sing about a calm, holy night, and we say that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but it is difficult to see the Prince of Peace in a world racked with violence. How can we see the Christ child when the pages of our world are so filled with vengeance and bloodshed? Our passage from Matthew reminds us that it was into that very world, a world out for blood, that Jesus came to save. It is for this very world that God bends low to break the patterns of sin and violence that separate us from him and that enslave us in this life. But even when Jesus is being arrested later in his life by Roman guards, Peter will fall back on that human impulse when he draws his sword to defend his Lord. And Jesus will say to him, Peter, put away your sword. And James and John will fall back into that pattern when a town rejects them and they want to call on fire from heaven because surely that's what God wants for this town that rejects him. And Jesus says, it will not be with you as it is with the leaders of this world. Where each of us is tempted to imagine that greed and violence and self-preservation are the only values worth having in this life, the Christ child shows us another way. And it is easier to stop looking for God in the midst of suffering and to give ourselves over to despondency and despair. That is easier. But Herod isn't king. Not really. And the wonder of Christmas is that after meeting both Herod and the Christ child, the Magi make their long journey home, and they have no doubt among them about which king it was that caused the shift in the heavens. And no matter what power the rulers of this world wield, they will bend their knee to the infant king in whose name all oppression shall cease. At Christmas, God becomes the soft, vulnerable flesh of a newborn and breaks the patterns of this world. Come and see, on this calm, silent night, the dawn of a new thing, the dawn of redeeming grace. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, do, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. No one much notices when God enters the world. The page is pretty full. The page is full of Roman guards, glistening helmets, the authority of Caesar Augustus, backed by the full Roman army. There are farms to tend to, and now an inconvenient census to participate in. And a guy named Joe and a girl named Mary travel down to Podunk, Bethlehem from Cowtown, Nazareth. And when they arrive, there's no space for them. They are not given a room. The most well-known man in the history of human civilization, Jesus, arrives in obscurity. The creator comes in the disguise of the ordinary. Angels appear to Mary and Joseph previously in the Christmas story because without the angel's role in this story, no one would know that anything remarkable was taking place. The angels are the only part of the Christmas story that is resplendent. The angel's role on the night of Christmas uh, feels like a, a bit of an act of joyful resistance against the modesty of God's plan. I have no actual insight into the dialogue between the angels and God, but I can imagine it going something like, we've heard, God's going to go down, God's going to descend, God's going to get involved again, God's going to become part of it again. All right, grab the trumpets, Michael, let's go, here we go. Get the, get, 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 let's, meteor shower, volcanic explosion, something. This is a big deal. Get the armies ready. We're marching into Jerusalem or Rome. And then God tells them, I'm going to be birthed by a 14-year-old. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good, it's a good idea. You could do it that way, I suppose. That might work. Um, can we at least send Michael to Caesar? Can we send Gabriel to Herod? Can we do something? And finally, they land on God telling them, why don't you can go tell those guys? Those, the, the guys watching the sheep? Yeah, okay. We'll, what are they, shepherds? We'll go tell the shepherds that the creator of the universe has entered the game. Yeah. Good idea. 
the angels show up to the shepherds, and it's a glorious sight. But even the angels have to tell the shepherds where to look. All right, the angels appear. It's the, it's the host of the Lord's army in the sky. I mean, and the shepherds are terrified. And they say, go. Go where? Go to Bethlehem. All right, what are we looking for? A baby wrapped in standard, you know, the standard cloth that you'd wrap a baby in. And you're actually going to have to look in the manger to find the baby. Okay? The shepherds go because angels have appeared to them in the sky and told them to do so. And the shepherds go on their way. Later, three wise sages in the east will also need help finding this remarkably unremarkable king. The heavens have to conspire to make a fuss about this event because the rest of the story is so very ordinary, shrouded like a Where's Wally page. And where we find the Christ child on Christmas is where we should expect to encounter him today as well, in the very ordinary. If you're waiting for a host of angels or for a star to show you the way, you'll be waiting your whole life. You have to learn to see him where he is on his terms, not yours. In Chicago, our church during COVID, I'm, I'm from the U.S., from Chicago, was pastoring a church there. And during COVID, we brought hampers um, to people living in poverty. And, um, you know, they, they, these were full of very basic essentials, paper towels, laundry detergent, maybe a Christmas mug with some tea, toilet paper, things like that put them in the hampers, and we deliver them around. And most of the drop-offs we did outside to avoid that kind of, you know, in-person contact. We were still trying to avoid that, but there was one woman that wasn't able to come out. Um, and so I took this hamper, put my mask on, and walked into this building that smelled of stale cigarettes. It's the kind of building that I normally tried to avoid in Chicago. And I went into it and walked up to the elevator, one of those rickety elevators where you had to slide the old, um, the grate open, and you could watch the walls going up. I haven't come across one of those in Sydney, um, but they have them a lot in Chicago. And so you step on the elevator, and my hands start getting sweaty as I close the gate to this and push level three, and it starts hoping, hoping it makes the way up. When I got to the top, the woman had opened her door expecting me, and I, I walked up to her, her, her dimly lit apartment, really lit only by a TV screen, and a window was open with cold air rushing in, competing against the clicking of her radiator heater. There was a line of baking soda across the, the lintel of the door to fend off cockroaches, and I stood there with my laundry basket of essentials, and she looked at me and had the audacity to quote the psalmist to me. She said, I have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. She looked me straight in the eyes and quoted the psalmist, I have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I looked around at the apartment that she had survived 2020 in and thought, have you really? She lifted the laundry detergent, looked at me and laughed and said, God knew I needed this. She gave me a big hug. It was the first hug I'd gotten from a stranger in a year. <laughs> Eventually, I left, mainly befuddled 
by how she could see God in such mean a state, as the old hymn puts it. If we're not careful, most of us will be like the neighbors that the shepherds go to tell about the Christ child. Luke tells us they're amazed, but you don't get the sense that Bethlehem threw a parade the next day. You don't get the sense that, wow, really? We, we believe you, you shepherds. This must be the case. Mostly, I think they're woken up from their sleep and are as disgruntled as a Mossman Living Facebook post about having to wake up and listen to uh, these mangy shepherds tell them this good news. Heaven has broken into earth, but most people roll over and go back to sleep. Who's got time to listen to the fanciful tales of some bogan shepherds? We tell the shepherds to move along because there's food that needs to get into the oven and presents that need to get wrapped. But the shepherds don't care. Like the magi, they've seen the king. They're in the hay, they've seen the king. And they'll sing their praises with the sheep if they have to. They've seen heaven and they'll be telling that story the rest of their lives. Christmas requires this of us. Patient looking, quiet listening, slowing down, a child's imagination to see wonder in the ordinary, to see God in the places where he is. God is with us, but few will notice. The Magi, the shepherds, maybe we will too. Maybe this year we will too. And those who notice take the good news with them to the beach, to the hills, to dinner with the family, to the backyard cricket, on holiday to the mountains. God is with us. Jesus Christ is born. Let's stand and let's sing together. I don't know what your page looks like this December. I don't know what it's full of, events, anxiety. There's good and there's bad, probably a bit of everything. Maybe it's loneliness that fills your Where's Wally page this year. And it can be hard to see the Christ child through loneliness. It can be hard to see Christ child, the Christ, through all the things that fill our Decembers. But he's here at the dinner table with the in-laws, in the story your niece can't wait to tell you, when you're doing your sixth round of dishes. Take time to hear out the crazy shepherds. Stop and listen during the ordinary moments. Christ is here. He is in the midst of it. And that is, after all, what Christmas is all about. God with us. Let's not be in such a hurry that we miss it.